one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia Eats. And here we go. The DeRussia Eats podcast is here. I am Jason DeRussia. So glad to be spending some time with you. Thank you so much for clicking the play button, for downloading us, and for buckling up to spend a little bit of time with the vibrant, incredible food scene here in Minnesota. I've been a food writer and a reporter in the Twin Cities for more than 15 years, along with the conversations we have here on WCCO Radio in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. I am the food critic and editor for Minnesota Monthly Magazine, and I have been for, gosh, I don't know, six, seven years. Been a critic before then, written for Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Was a finalist for a James Beard Award for restaurant coverage that I did for WCCO-TV. My food knowledge is based in curiosity. I don't think I'm smarter than any of you guys are. My palate isn't better than any of you are. But I eat a lot of food. And I love it, and I love the people. We start with a focus on two chefs, very different backgrounds, very different approaches. Both have written cookbooks. First, arguably the most famous chef in Minnesota, Gavin Kaysen, who started his career at Subway as a teenager in a suburb of Minneapolis, Bloomington, and now is the chef and owner of the Twin Cities' most prominent restaurants, Mara, the newest at the Four Seasons, Spoon and Stable, was his first eight years ago, Demi, involved in Belcor Bakery, Gavin Kaysen, our first guest, will talk about his new cookbook, and Stephanie Hansen, who wouldn't consider herself to be a chef, certainly not on the level of Gavin Kaysen, but Stephanie is one of the biggest cheerleaders for the Minnesota food scene and for small businesses. And she has put together a cookbook that celebrates the most Minnesotan of experiences, that journey of going up north. Both of these guests share something in common besides writing cookbooks. Both of them understand that food is a vehicle for conversation and for moments and for memories. The stuff you serve, it's important. But the conversations you have... The experiences you have around the table, well, that's everything. Enjoy our first episode of the DeRussia Eats podcast. But we're going to brighten things up for you here with our Tuesday edition of DeRussia Eats, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board. We're so glad to have Chef Gavin Kaysen in studio with us for DeRussia Eats. Gavin, great to have you here. Thanks. Happy to be here. You brought your brand new book, your cookbook just out, At Home by Gavin Kaysen. Congratulations. Thank you. It's crazy to see it in print. So you posted a picture on Instagram, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, with you and these stacks of books. Mm -hmm. What is that like to see your to it's see wild. your book. Yeah, it's I mean so it's wild. We we've been working on this book for about a year and a half and we did during COVID we did these recipes and these online classes called GK at home. And we would cook these recipes with so many people. And what was beautiful about that is that we learned what they could do and what they couldn't do at home. We learned what their questions might be that we didn't think about. 
And we would adjust our recipes. So we got through all of it. We had around, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 recipes. And we thought, what are we going to do with all this content? Somebody on my team said, Chef, do you want to turn it into a cookbook? And then here we are a year and a half later, and I'm signing over 2,500 books in nine hours. And we shipped over two tons of cookbooks yesterday. Wow. Yeah, nuts. Nuts. Gavin Kaysen is the chef owner of Spoon and Stable, Demi, uh, Mara. Mm-hmm. You have a, a catering company now called the Spoon Thief. Spoon Thief Catering, yep. And then you also have... And then we have KZ Provisioning, which is also the other catering company, which is more privately based, cooking for the sports teams, specifically the Timberwolves, Lynx, and the Wild. Uh, of course, Belcour Bakery, and then Soka Cafe, which is also in the Four Seasons. I did a TV story with you before you opened Spoon and Stable. I remember. Did you think, I mean, what has it been, eight years now? It'll be eight years in November. Did, yeah. you, did you envision it playing out the way it has? I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I, I did because I, I, I wanted to see us do more, and I still want to see us do more, but more doesn't always mean more restaurants or more bakeries or whatever. More can mean a lot of things in our profession now, and I think that – you know, we've learned how to diversify ourselves in ways that are um, able to give back to our community and our teams. And I love that. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely came into Minneapolis and moving back home with the idea that I wanted to build more than just Spoon and Stable. But how it unfolds and how it has unfolded. No, I didn't know that how it would be that way. But certainly my dreams were there. Yeah. You, I think what I've always appreciated about you and admired is that often in this state, I think people think too small. Mm. So they don't shoot for something big because of, I don't know if it's a combination of Midwestern modesty or an inferiority complex that we're not Chicago or New York. Um, But that's not been your approach. No, I I like, we need people to think bigger. Yeah. You know, so every, every year I write a document for myself and I share it with my team. It's called the dream weaving document. And I just want this document to be about us dreaming about what do we want to do. Hmm. Remove the idea of what you can't do. Remove the idea of what makes you scared. And just put in the document what you want to do. If you could dream, what would it be? And you know what's crazy, Jason? I looked at our 2022 document or the 2021 document. We did everything that we said we wanted to do in that document. We achieved it, right? Because we're writing down dreams. But with that, we're writing down goals. And we're, and, and we're trying to hold ourselves accountable to what those goals look like. And if we don't achieve it, there's no shame to it. It's looking back and saying, what did we do to miss that? Now do we want to do it again? The book is At Home by Gavin Kaysen. You said that when you were cooking for your guests, your fans, for yeah. regular people, random people, whatever, that they had different questions or thought about cooking in maybe a way that you as someone who's – I mean, granted, you did start it at – a subway. Yes, but certified. You, you sandwich artist. <laughs> which now, like, I, I don't call you chef. I have to call you certified sandwich right, artist. Right, naturally. Um, what, what sorts of things do, do, do we think about that maybe you were surprised or you didn't think about? I mean, is it, uh, like, equipment or? Some of it is equipment. A, lo- a lot of it is um, intuition and understanding what – Certain things go with. I'll give you an example. We were doing a class one day on how to do a red wine braised chicken, or also known as cocavon. So we're braising the chicken. Now I'm teaching them how to make a roux. So that's equal parts fat and flour. So in this case, we use butter and flour. 
You need two tablespoons of flour to do that. It's R-O-U-X yep. for people. That's yeah. right. And so somebody added two cups of flour, not two tablespoons mm. of flour. And they're like, what do I do what now? Do I do? And it's like it's over. It's throw it away. I mean you, right. can't, that's a, you can't fix that. But what that taught me was that's a great tool that we use in the book. It's like, okay, if you break a vinaigrette, what do you do? Add mm-hmm. water. Water fixes it. You water fix fixes it. so much in the kitchen. And we just don't think about it because it's not in the recipe of how to fix something when it's broken. Huh. It's only in the recipe that if you yeah. follow it, it's going to be perfect. But we learned, yes, if you follow it, it'll turn out great. But here's a couple of tips that it might break, and this is how you do to fix it. Cool. A lot of cookbooks, and I know you love uh, restaurant and chef cookbooks. Yeah. But a lot of these cookbooks, some of my favorites, I have never made a single <laughs> recipe yeah. out yeah, of. Yeah, totally. Because you look and you're like – I'm never going to find all this stuff. Yep. I don't have five hours to do all of this. Yep. What was your goal with this cookbook? I wanted to give people confidence at home that they can cook the food that I cook at home for my family and feel good about it. You know, it's it's the same. So in the restaurant scope, it's kind of the same reason why I opened and built Spoon and Stable before I opened and built Demi. Spoon and Stable allows me to bring the guests in and and lots of guests in and sort of get their trust with what we're doing and then Demi's the tasting menu restaurant that when we want to do the five-hour dish, you know, we can do that with you there. But I wanted to give people an idea of what I cook at home. And genuinely, it is what I cook at home. You I really mean, make this stuff? Three of the dishes that are in the book now I made Saturday. You know, I made the roasted chicken. You know, I made the pie. You made it for, for Instagram or you made it for real? For, my, no, for real, for my family. I didn't even <laughs> post it. Actually, it's funny because somebody on the PR team was like, Chef, you have to post that. It's good for the book. I'm like, well, whatever. It's a perfect piece of chicken. Sometimes your family... I, does your family give you grief about like, oh, you're just you're you're doing this for whatever? For my the- family gives me grief because they're like, Dad, you look at your phone. I said, Yeah, but I'm looking at Instagram. It's for business. It's for work. Yes. And they're like, No, it's not. And then it's this whole argument. My kids like, don't whatever. buy that crap either. Yeah, no, I, I lost to- that argument so long ago. I have to put my phone in a drawer in yeah. the kitchen yeah. because otherwise. Yeah, my kid. When your kids, you have three sons. I have three boys. Yeah, so 13 years old, 10 years old, and four months old. When four my- month old is, is accepted. Yeah. <laughs> no, no complaints from that one. He's okay. There, there comes a point. My kids at a certain point accused me of using them for clout. Wow. Right. That's impressive. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I like, first of all, if you really believe that, that is terrible. And then I also had to like really analyze myself and think, am I using am them? I, for am clout? I doing this? I mean, I'm definitely now using them for content. Of course. Absolutely. I have three hours to fill and they're very entertaining. <laughs> That's right. They're at that age where you can get them. All right. Gavin Kaysen's new cookbook is out. It's called at home with, uh, at home by Gavin Kaysen. So, uh, Check that out. You can get it at the Spoon and Stable website. I know you have some book signings that we'll talk about coming up. Plus, I want to find out as we head into Thanksgiving and Christmas, kind of how is the restaurant scene? How have your restaurants been doing? Are we are we back? Yeah. uh, Or are we not? So we'll talk about all of that with Gavin Kaysen on Derusha Eats, brought to you by the Minnesota Pork Board as we continue here on Drive Time. Derusha Eads continues with Chef Gavin Kaysen, Spoon and Stable, Demi, Mara, Belcor Bakery, and his new cookbook, Out at Home by Gavin Kaysen. You can pick it up anywhere. My friend Ali Lucia, who used to live yeah. here, just texted me. She's like, Gavin has two book signings in Chicago. She lives in Chicago. Yeah, cool. Oh, she should come. So you'll be doing a little bit of traveling to support the book, too? Yeah, so November 1st, we leave. Uh, we're going to head to New York City. So Williams-Sonoma. 
uh, and Steelite have sponsored this tour for us. We're going to hop at five different Williams Sonomas. We'll do New York Cities. Uh, we have one in Chicago, Houston, LA, and San cool. Diego. And then we're doing dinners in a bunch of the the cities as well. Most of the dinners are sold out, so I would encourage people to go to our website, GavinCason.com, and you can click on the tour, and you can book uh, yourself to come and visit, visit us at a Williams-Sonoma, uh, which will be fun. And you'll be at the Williams-Sonoma at the Galleria on December 8th, yep. and then Martin Patrick, uh, right in the North Loop, That's right, right around the corner from you, will be uh, on November 17th. So yes. if you want to do a book signing. Uh, be a part of that. You can do that. Yeah. Uh, we we're just talking about Belcor Bakery, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. has been sort of a pandemic born huge success story. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's so funny, too, because Carl, Carl and Marie, the owners of Cooks and I, we always joked about doing a combination store of Belcor Bakery and Cooks because it was across the street from Spoon and Stable. And I feel like it was one of those conversations that we have here in Minnesota where you say, yes, you'll do it. And then you just never call them to do it because it's just life gets too busy and whatever it happens. Right. And then, yeah, sure enough, we then end up doing it as we close the store out in YZ and move it down to the North Loop. And then we just sort of see this amazing success of what it is. But you know what I think also part of it is, is that they they are stewards and geniuses at that retail side of things. Yes. And our mind is hospitality and then production of that, of, of what we do in the bakery. And when you sort of marry the two together, it's really a phenomenal experience to see because we're sort of managing that from a retail mm. perspective. We we're, We go through so much more data and analytics there than we do in any of the other restaurants because of their retail mindset, and I'm learning so much through them. Uh, it's been so much fun. So we have the Belcor Bakery in North Loop. We have the one in St. Paul, and we're going to open up a new one in Edina. One of our textures uh, was just in Lyon, France, and oh, saw yeah. Belcor, and yeah. that that is where the name comes from, right? Yeah, so the story behind that, if I can tell it real quick, is is the center of Lyon, France is Place Belcor. And when I went and had dinner at Restaurant Paul Bocuse in Lyon, France, who is – the Pope of cooking for us and has passed away a couple years ago. Uh, when he was in World War II, he was shot. And to be left dead in the field, and an American soldier walked past him and saw him and picked him up, brought him to an American hospital, and they gave him a blood transfusion. So he flies the American flag in front of his restaurant in Lyon. And I asked Mr. Bocuse, I said, why do you fly the American flag? And he told me that story. And he says, and I do it for two reasons. One, I have American blood running through my veins, I say jokingly. Huh. He said, but in all seriousness, he says, I fly the American flag because I don't want to ever forget what kept me here. And so I called the restaurant Belcour and now Belcour Bakery in honor of, of the French chefs who have taught me how to cook and bake and, and be a hospitalitarian. I, I owe a lot to Danielle. I owe a lot to Mr. Bocuse and all of that French generation of chefs. And so that's really my tribute back to them. Your French blood running through your Yeah, totally. To yeah, yeah, exactly. My Norwegian yeah. French blood. Right, exactly. <laughs> Gavin Kaysen is here talking uh, in light of the release of his new book, At Home, which you can pick up. Uh, you can get it anywhere, but uh, you're selling it, I know, at the restaurant, too. Yep. For, yeah, and we're yeah, William Snowmas, you can get it at. William There's a stock Snowmas, list on right. our thing. You can get it... Um, uh, the gallery obviously has it, William Sonoma, and then you can get it in other places. Are the restaurants back at full strength? Are they better? What's happening? Yeah, they feel back. I mean, they, they definitely feel back with a lot of energy and excitement. Corporate and, business back? Mm -hmm, it is, yeah. There's a lot of optimism out there, and I feel as though, you know, people are remembering what it's like to be taken care of, 
and remembering what it's like to have hospitality. You talk, I know you give talks about your approach to hospitality. Yeah. What you, you have a phrase that you use. Yeah, for- it's restoration, right? Because yeah. the word restaurant comes from the word restoration and to be restored. And, you know, we've been trained to go out to eat, and it's really your job, not mine, but we've been trained to go out to eat and rate an, rate an experience. Yeah. And to walk away from an experience and say, well, was it a one through 10? And while there's value to that to a degree, the question is, did you find restoration in the experience? Mm. Did you walk away from that dining experience and say the food was great, the service was great, the ambiance was great, but all in all, I just had an exceptional night having dinner with you. And that was really an important and powerful part of my night today, my night or my week. And we're seeing people just get to the restaurant and and be willing and open to have that experience. And it's just so gratifying to be able to take care of people and to walk to their table and see how they're doing and they're smiling and they're happy. It's it's awesome. How do you train service people because that's what we most i think and as a critic i will say one of the failings of food critics is that uh, we focus so much on the food yeah when really what people remember is whether they were you know taken care of and delighted as they were uh you know in the hands of a server or a bartender or whatever the case may be well i mean i think a i think you have to teach that you do i mean i think a it's a total work in progress i think b it's about who you hire And I think a lot of it comes down to kindness. And do you want to take care of people? Do you want to serve others? And I I genuinely believe that if you have a restaurant and 95% of the entire team is there to serve others, the 5% will basically leave. Because you kind of look around the room and you're like, man, I don't really belong here. Everybody likes to take care of people except me. Why am I here? And this, it takes time. This doesn't mean the customer is always right, which was sort of the no. old. And we saw with the James Corden, yeah, uh, very high profile yeah. incident in New York where he was and he admitted uh, on a show that he was rude to yeah. a server. Only Keith McNally can do that. The okay. owner of Baltazar. So if you, he banned Corden mm-hmm. for being a jerk to his servers. Yeah. Have you ever banned someone? We have. Yeah, we've, we've, we've definitely asked people to not come back to Spoon because of how they've spoken to our team. Yeah. Um, Anyone famous? Let's go. Nobody Let's famous. Let's expose. No, nobody there, famous. There's no one really that famous in this yeah. town. Let's be real. <laughs> I thought this guy named Jason. <laughs> yeah. If, I mean, if but, I'm on your famous list, it's small F <laughs> famous for sure. Yeah. But you've asked people not to come back. We have, yeah, because of how they've treated the team. And, and yeah. the, the response is simple. It's like, listen... You can talk to me like that if you want. I own the restaurant, but you don't get to have that opportunity to talk to anybody else like that. It's 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 not okay because it's not – if we're asking our team to be kind and hospitable to the guests, we are expecting the same from the guest. Yeah. And yeah. that's how it goes. Gavin Kasem, where do you and your family like to go out to eat besides your own restaurants? Uh, I mean I love visiting Ann at Young Joni. Um, I had a recent meal at um, – uh, I went to Yia's restaurant, which I hadn't been to before, which uh-huh. was great. Union Mung uh, Kitchen. Yep, Union yep. Mung. Uh, he does such a great job. He used to work for us at Spoon, so it's just so cool to see everything he's done. I love Alex at Alma. Kind of a classic, I know, but I just think that somebody who's been in the game for over 20 years like him so good. and delivers in a consistent basis. I love his new Alma provisions. I don't know if you've been to it. But I it's, haven't. It's great. The breakfast sandwich is awesome. Um, definitely worth checking out. Nice. Yeah. How do you find time to go out? Do you get, are you off Sunday night or when do you, you know, it's just pockets. It's just like you, I mean, you just find pockets. I, I, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of our 
lives are public from five o'clock on. Yeah. And so, you know, before that, I can have different time. You know, like we were talking about Sweet Green opened up today in the North Loop and I right. went and saw Ann Kim over there and our friends at Sweet Green to celebrate that. That's, you know, 20, 30 minutes and you say hello and you leave. Right. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. Gavin, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I know Spoon and Stable is starting uh, orders for Thanksgiving. So yes. if you want that, uh, I'll have a list up at Minnesota Monthly. I've got about 10 on it right now, so I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Oof. Everybody wants to order their Thanksgiving now. It's I amazing it. how that just is stuck. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for it because then it allows me to not have to cook so much for my family. I can just order my own food. That's, so that's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Yeah. And you get the employee discount, which is good. Yeah. Thanks, Gavin. Derusha Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason Derusha. Every Thursday, we have food critics, food writers, food people on Derusha Eats. And today, we have a good friend of mine. I'm so glad to have Stephanie Hansen in studio with us. Stephanie has just published her book, her cookbook called True North Cabin cookbook. Stephanie, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I heard you talk about Ely on the way in and how you got ripped off because there were no leaves. No leaves. I took a two-week book tour all through Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, scheduled it for the end of September in my van. Perfect time. I like literally didn't see a leaf until I got to St. Croix Falls (laughs) and I was done. It's so upsetting. It was upsetting. And especially like when I've taken the kids and the family and I got the tripod and the real camera and I'm like, we're taking pictures. The best thing is always the food on those journeys. Yeah. The the small town bars or the ice cream shops. Well, you mentioned the Stockholm folks. Yes. They're carrying the True North Cabin cookbook. They're very excited about it. Oh, nice. Very good. What is it? Well, why don't you tell your story first? Because how did how did you get into food? Yeah, I don't. It's kind of weird because your 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 background is more like you've always been an entrepreneur and a small business mm-hmm. person, right? Yep, media was the start, and then I started a business, and I was actually the uh, small business woman of the year once, which was very exciting, and. Over time, do you get like a trophy for that? I did. Yeah, Yeah, one of those glass trophies that when you leave your office or sell your company, you're hauling out all your hardware and like, what are you going to do with it? You know? Um, Yeah. So I went from being an entrepreneur to I I got a radio show about food simply because I was fired from a daytime show. Yeah. They fired my partner, and they didn't know what to do with me. And they were like, so what do you want to do? What do you want to do? <laughs> and I was like, well, I think a food show would be really fun. So they're like, okay. And I think they were just so relieved that, like, I was exiting you're, gracefully right, and didn't right. make it Your answer wasn't a lawsuit. Yeah. It was a show and it about was like, food. Oh, right. and it's a Saturday. So fine. they were like, right. fine. Um, but from there, you know, and it's taken me a long time to get to this place, mostly internally, mm. where I'm just an eater. Like, I'm not an expert. I'm not a professional chef necessarily. I feel the same. And it's a weird space because in the beginning we lauded, like, the chef culture and you really, like, had to be something to have an opinion about. But I think – And people always ask anyone who writes about food, are you a cook? Yes. And I always say, do you ask, like – the Vikings reporter, if he was a quarterback? It's like, a really good point. It's just a weird question, but they do expect food journalists to have been in that space, I think. Yeah, and I think it is important to have, like, some context and some chops, but 
you know, if anything, during COVID, no one was going out to restaurants. No one was following along with these fancy chefs because they weren't cooking. Right. What we were doing was trying to figure out what <laughs> we're going to do with the rice and the beans in our pantry. Is that what led you to, to putting some of these thoughts down for it, a cookbook? Yeah, it did because all of a sudden all the projects I was working on dried up and I was bored. And my husband was had just published a book. He's a fiction writer. And he said, well, you should write a cookbook. And I'd always thought about putting together the stories and the recipes of this very unique place on Burnside Lake in Ely, Minnesota. That's my second That's home. Family cabinet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like the time to do it. And so I pitched it. I'm also, I'm kind of lazy. Unless I like have a deadline or a reason, I don't do it. Yeah. So I pitched the idea to the Minnesota Historical Press and they said yes. And then I was like, oh no, I have to I have actually to do, do it. it. <laughs> so it was forced motivation. Stephanie Hansen is with us on To Russia Eats. The cookbook is called True North Cabin Cookbook. And what was your goal when you were figuring out what types of recipes and what kind of things you wanted in this book? My goal was to not make hot dish necessarily, to not have everything in a cast iron skillet, and to make it really representative of truly the types of food that we eat at the cabin and entertaining. Mm -hmm. I am not, like, I'm all about hot dogs and hamburgers, but that's not really how I eat when I'm at my cabin because it's my time to, like, relax and enjoy cooking, and so I take more time. The recipes are not hard. A lot of them I cook a lot with my 91-year-old mother-in-law. And I cook a lot with my daughter, who's now 24. So there are things that when people come to the cabin, they say, are you going to make Kurt's ribs? Or are you going to make, you know, Janice's potato salad? We have these things that every year people come and they want. Cool. And I wanted to create a a collection of sorts for my daughter and my nieces and nephews to hand it down to say, here's all the things you've loved from the time you've spent with me. Stephanie, what was that like the first time when somebody came back and requested something that you had made before? It was pretty exciting. I never thought I was a great cook, and my mom has been dead for 15 years, so we didn't spend a lot of time cooking together. But my mother-in-law is a great cook and has taught me a lot about cooking. And even just like she could make a gourmet meal from literally a can of beans and a can of tuna and a handful of, you know, overdue lettuce. She was just really great at putting food together, and the cabin's on an island, so the grocery store isn't just handy. You kind of have to be resourceful. <laughs> right, right. And that was really good inspiration for me to just create more recipes of my own and really kind of hone what my style is. Again, I am not a fussy cook, but I want things to taste great, and I like cooking for a large group, so I'm always making tons of food. Well, you bring up the way people really eat at the cabin. And I think that's so interesting because a cabin, there's something about cabin culture. And I moved here from Chicago and in, you had cottages, we had cottages. My family had a cottage, but our cottage was very unique. Uh, we moved to a camp of cottages and we moved there over the summer. So our camp, it was run by an organization called the Turners, uh, which, you know, you would go to the cottage and we lived there all summer. Yeah. So, um, you know, and dad would come up like Wednesday night, he would come up and then Friday sort of sounds like dirty dancing. In it the very Hamptons. much was. We had like, <laughs> we had, you know, Friday night, you'd go down to the Rothskeller and you'd have like Friday fish fry yes. and your parents would be buying 25 cent, you know, Miller light or whatever, or old style. And that's why, and then the kids would all go back to the cottage and go to bed and the adults would dance and they'd have, yeah. you know, 
bands and stuff down there. But like just you telling that story is exactly how I feel about my place. Mm. And I think how people feel that come. Right. Burnside Lake is historic. There's uh, Burnside Lodge there has been there since the early 1900s. It was a lake that was logged by the lumber barons. There is this kind of it's the sharing of stories. The food is always a part of it. But often you have like. You know, it's your night to cook on Friday and then your brother cooks on Saturday and there's always a group. And so it does lend itself to a different style of recipe. Yeah. And you wouldn't want a local chef, for example, to probably write this book. Yeah. And it's I just also, different. Yeah. That's all. I wanted the stories, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm a good storyteller. I'm a personality. I do a lot of weird, fun stuff. So I wanted that to kind of come through, too, so that when you read my recipe for uh, Janice's potato salad, as an example, you learned a little bit about who Janice was and why it's unique. What makes Janice's potato salad unique? Uh, there's two potato salad recipes in the book. One Just is like Lund- Lund's and Byerly's, right? You have to have two different. Yes. Uh... Janice's is limey. Ooh. And it's based less in egg and less in mustard. And mm-hmm. it's more fresh and more herb forward, whereas my mom's potato salad, which is also good, you soak it overnight in um, Thousand Island dressing, and then you cut everything into these very precise cubes. So my mom's looks like a deli salad that you buy at the counter when it's all done. Cool. But Janice's is way more rustic, and everyone, even people who don't like potato salad like Janice's. It's pretty famous. For Janice. For Janice. Yeah, Janice is 96. I like it. I like it. It's 417. We'll continue our conversation. The book is called True North Cabin Cookbook, and Stephanie Hansen is our guest. She has a book signing tonight at the Rockford, Minnesota Library. So that's from 530 to 630 tonight. So if you want to see Stephanie in person, you can get on that. More of our conversation in minutes here on Drive Time with Derusha. Stephanie Hansen is our guest for Derusha Eats. This is really a great, you know, we're heading into the holiday time, a cabin cookbook. What a great, uh, a great gift, I think. Or uh, Thanksgiving, you bring that for like a host or hostess gift. I think that would be pretty cool. Stephanie, of course, agrees. I love hostess gifts. We talk about that a lot, about like what is the good hostess gift? Cookbook's pretty good. I think so. And if you don't like it, you can always give it to someone. I always worry about wine because sometimes you're like, people don't know, should I open it? Should I not? What if they don't drink? You should set it aside, let the hostess or host have the wine they were planning, and you use that. Yes. Not that you asked me for the answer. No, it's correct. <laughs> Let me no. offer it up. It's the total correct answer. Because we get answer. asked these questions all the time. Right. People, if you bring wine, unless you say, I brought this to share, and then that's that's different. And then it's or sort maybe of you bring like two, bringing like, food here's to share when someone's planned a dinner party. You, you well, know, you want to. What if your friend sucks at wine, though? Well, my friends that suck usually call me first and say, I suck. Yeah. Will you bring good yes. wine? It's okay. Like, I... Depending on who I, I'm going out with, though, right? Like in some sections, I feel like I am the wine expert. I have lots of wine at home. Let me bring wine. Yeah. But then you go like, I don't know. I went I went to dinner once at Charlie Broder's house. And I was Excellent. like, you know what? I'm not going to bring anything. No. I hope you guys are okay with yeah, that. And exactly. they're like, we got it. I'm like. That Broder family, the talent just oozes out of them. Right. So let me ask you about this because you, uh, for, I don't know, at least 10 years, you and I end up at the same kind of restaurant openings and things like that. 
If you had to pick your top three restaurants in town, if, you know, Steph, where are you going to dinner? What are your top three? Uh, I would say Hyacinth. Hyacinth. St. Paul. It's a small neighborhood spot, kind of bistro-y. I just love their food. I love, mm-hmm. he makes salads revelatory, and I think that's really hard to do. And my husband has a complicated list of allergies, mm-hmm. and when we go there, somehow they track us because they will create, they'll give him the menu of the evening because they're always changing it, and they'll say, these are the five things you can have and if wow. you want these two, we'll modify because them for you. That's Ricky Giambruno, yeah. the owner of Hyacinth. And right he's the chef, and yeah. he runs just a really small, beautiful experience. Nice. I love that place. Are you clo- do you live close there? I used to. Or I've moved. To. I now live yeah. in Golden Valley, which ah. is the wasteland of no <laughs> restaurants worthy of anything. Well, you have Lad 14. That's yes, pretty good. Yes, but it's, it's always crowded. Yeah. It's hard to get takeout. I do love it. Yep. And I love, I'm very close to like Kaluna and Petit Leon and yep. sort of that whole. All right, so Hyacinth one. Uh, Muriel is Muriel, just doing the beautiful. most incredible food mm-hmm. in the Twin Cities. She's undersung. If you want a special tasting menu, and I realize that's not for everyone, yep. but it's destination, special occasion dining. She's fantastic. I can't yes. say enough about her. Karen is amazing. Karen Tomlinson, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, underrated for just the regular. Uh, a la carte menu, which I think is quite nice, too. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. they have a cute little bar that you can just pop into. Tiny, tiny little place near McAllister, or mm-hmm. St. Kate's, near St. Kate's. Kate's. Yep. Yep. Good. Those are two good ones. Yeah. Do you have a, a, one that's like a little more chill? Yeah. The Rainbow Chinese. Oh. I love Tammy Wong. So good. She just has been doing it for forever. Has she reopened for dine-in yet? She, She's, they're she has getting, been takeout for a, a long time. They're now. doing a facelift on the restaurant, which will be great. They've got a beautiful mural outside. Cool. If you ever get a chance. The mural's great. She's got these, like, a whole basement full of weird pickles. And I just say huh. weird because she takes all the leftover vegetables from the farmer's market and she pickles everything. And whenever she sees me, she brings me, like... These weird pickles, and they're fantastic. And I just, I've always, my dream has been to go into the basement of Rainbow and just spend time with her with all of the pickles. Huh? That's so cool. I yeah, love that. she's amazing. I love it. Excellent. Excellent. I love a good burger place, too. Like, sometimes the best isn't always the fanciest. It's just yes. the coziest or what makes you feel like you had a great experience that day. Totally agree. Totally agree. We get, you know, when you cover food, you end up chasing, like, you know, the fancy chef. Or mm-hmm. the fa- Although I do think, like, fancy restaurants are, people are not really into it right now. I think there's two things. There's the experience dining, which is events. You know, like, I'm having a couple of dinners coming up, and there's a place for that. But then I think it's middle of the road. I think that going out and having special occasion dining still exists, yeah. but I think people are doing less of it, and I think they're doing more fried chicken, pizza, and burgers, things that are harder to cook just at home. Which sort of makes sense, Uh-huh, right? because that's kind of how we ate during the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, except for all the sad takeout, and I was glad to uh, have it. I know. But I do not miss the sad takeout. Well, it was to I live in Maple Grove, as you know, and so I was trying to support the city independently owned restaurant, and you drive that stuff... 30 minutes, it was like, It was sad panda. You needed an air fryer for the fries alone. (laughs) I know. And you feel like a jerk. You can't, and you can't rip, 
No. You can't rip them, but some figured it out better than others. Yeah, sure. and some have continued to do it pretty what, well. What do you think is the most overrated, not specific restaurant, because I don't want to be mean, but like, is there a, actually I do. How about you be mean and I won't, I'll pretend that I love it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm like, okay, he's going to. But is there here. like a genre fool, a food or a style of restaurant where you're like, you know, I really don't need more of this? I don't think that I need more pizza. Yeah. I love pizza. I love pizza. Pizza's great. I just feel like at the end of the day, with the exception of a few places, it's pizza. Like, that's not the most special thing in the world. Standard standard pizza is often pretty good. Yeah. What do you mean by standard? Like like, square cut Minnesota style? No, even, well, I think you can have excellence in each style, right? Yes. So, you know, when people ask me for my favorite pizza spot, it's a tough question to answer. You have to qualify. Like, are you like, looking you at deep mean? dish? Do you want soda right. style? Do you want a gourmet pizza? Yes. Do you want the black and crust? And I want all of those things, and they're all really good. But you're right. If I'm thinking now, like, Red Wagon or Young Joni are different because, to me, those are, like, excellent restaurants. Like, I yeah. love their bar. I love their, their you know, appetizers. And, I like, love... Black Sheep Black has Sheep. wonderful seasonal salads that I think oh, are almost the farmer's worth going just salad. for that. Yeah. Yes. Very, very good. Yep. And then, like, Cosetta's, how do you even rank a Cosetta's right. with that beautiful Italian market and the pasticceria? Now, like, as much as I agree that I would say we don't need more pizza in the city, like, could we use a good pizza place in Maple Grove? Yes. We could use more suburban restaurants, and I do think that's a trend that's coming. It's so just I'm excited re- about it. Real estate is so expensive out there. I think that's what people don't realize. Like, the restaurants are competing with, like, you know, GameStop and yes. the massage place and whatever other nonsense is opening up. Strip mall owners, they don't really care what's in there. We're seeing more of, like... Uh, fast casual kind of getting out to the suburbs that's a little bit better, like the stock in spades, yes. the crisp and greens. Yeah. And that's nice. That's good. I love I that Tomo, is it Tomo's yeah, Grill in Tomo Ridgedale? Moho. Yes. We had those chefs uh, oh, that's so good. on the radio show here. Uh, I would love to have, but, you know, they need money. <laughs> Everybody needs Everybody money. Everybody needs money. I need money, too, so please buy my cookbook. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Go to the best. What's the best place for people to find your cookbook? Uh, Stephanie'sDish.com really has all my recipes. There's a tab there for my cookbook. I'm doing some events. I have um, a cookbook swap coming up uh, next Saturday at Malcolm Yards where you bring any old cookbooks, and you can swap them out for someone else's old cookbooks. It's super fun. It's all for charity, 100%. We donate all the money to Second Harvest Heartland. And then all the extra books go to the St. Paul College, which people don't realize has one of the largest cookbook collections in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty fun. And awesome. then I've got a couple dinners coming up at the Lex where they're cooking some things from the book and just some fun stuff. Nice. Stephanie Hansen, congratulations Thanks. on the book. I appreciate being here. There are so many Stephanies and food in the Twin Cities. There I'm, are, and we're all excellent. I'm really proud that I called you Stephanie Hansen <laughs> every time. I was worried I was going to Stephanie Meyer or Stephanie, Stephanie Mark. March, Stephanie Schump. Oh, they are all excellent. There's something about Stephanie's. Thanks, Steph. Pretty appreciate great. Thank it. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.